and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You Want. What's going on everybody? Steve here, just saying what's up, as always. I hope everybody's staying safe, doing well, keeping sane. What are we doing? How are we doing it? Hit us up on Twitter, at TLPYW. Hit us up on Instagram, at The Last Podcast You'd Want. Me, I've been watching, uh, unfortunately, uh, I checked out Run on Hulu. I did not enjoy it. You might. I did not. Movies I did enjoy that I watched. I watched Deadpool because that's a movie I've seen, you know, 50 times. That's always enjoyable. I checked out the Jennifer Gardner uh, flick Peppermint finally came out a couple years ago. I really enjoyed that one. Who doesn't love Eddie Murphy? I caught Eddie Murphy in The Golden Child and I introduced my wife to Muppets Christmas Carol. Other than that, once again, hit us up and let us know what you're watching. Uh, We're going to get into the episode here, of course, before we get into the numbers of the week and the movies coming out. Uh, This week on the show, we welcome a friend of mine, uh, former wrestler, manager, commentator. I mean, he still commentates when there's shows, not that there's shows. Mondo Vega. Uh, Me and him are like time machines. We go way back. Uh, Always fun. Never really had a chance uh, to interact that much with each other, uh, working cross promotions. Uh, but I've always uh, enjoyed with what he does in the ring and the way he works that mic. Uh, other than that, we're going to get into it. Uh, super fun one. Uh, it's a little bit of a long one again, but we had we had fun. We're having fun. I hope that you're having fun. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're going to get into it. Uh, thank you for coming on this continuous journey uh, with me every week. I love you all for for taking it, the time to listen to the show. Uh, If you ever have the time, please, please, please rate and review. Other than that, we're going to get into the episode, uh, and we're going to end with this. Uh, My father-in-law, Jeffrey Moore, this one's for you. You'll be missed, buddy. And now, the box office numbers for the week. Coming in at number 5, we have Elf with $320,000. All My Life comes in in 4th with $370,000. Freaky falls to number 3, coming in with $475,000. Half Brothers claims the second spot position, pulling in $700,000. And The Crudes, A New Age, reigns supreme in number one with $4.4 million. And now, to the movies coming out this week. This week, we have Minari, Wild Mountain Time, Ip Man, Kung Fu Master, and the long-awaited sequel, The Very Excellent Mr. Dundee. Those are the box office numbers and the movies coming out this week. And now, on to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of The Last Podcast You Want. Steve here, and today I bring to the show a friend of mine. You might know him from professional wrestling with his in-ring work, his managerial work, or his commentary work. Today, folks, I bring the king of the streets, Mr. Mondo Vega. Mondo, how are we doing? Oh my goodness, thank you for remembering the king of the streets nickname. That, that brings a smile to my face. 
I, you know, I have to say, uh, I was talking with Mr. Scott Loss, and he brought up uh, Brandon Parker, to which oh. I auto- to which I automatically said, "Oh, King of Strikes, King of yes. Strikes, Brandon Parker." Yes, I miss my boy Brandon. Uh, good times with that kid. He was a okay. nut, but now he's like all grown up and mature now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but but no, absolutely. I always remember the KOS. Uh, it was one of the delights uh, of me going up to EWF. Uh, and a fun little bit to the end of uh, New Wave Pro Wrestling. So, of course, of course, the, oh, KO, the, the KOS will always live on. And I, I, have, to- I have told Andy and Trevor uh, on multiple occasions that, that if uh, New Wave Pro Wrestling were still going and KOS were still running strong when ESI started in SoCal Pro, there for sure would have been an ESI KOS. Oh man, that'd have been great. Yeah, I I I love always peeking in SoCal Post senior managerial work and like, man, you're such a little scumbag. I love it. Like you're just like the perfect heel manager. And yeah, that would have been that would have been great. That'd have been awesome. Yeah, it would have been it would have been a lot of fun merely because uh, I don't think either of us would have been faced. It would have been a purely <laughs> heel on heel. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, but no, thank you, thank you so much uh, for that. Just just because uh, you know you're you you yourself are are a great manager uh, with the heat that you give and the the emotions that you drive from people. So you know, I, I think it would have been fun. And I always ask when it's going to be uh, SoCal Pro presents New Wave Pro's Tidal Wave: The Return. <laughs> oh, that that'd be great. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I appreciate the the compliment. Like you know, it's always easier and more fun to get people to hate you than uh, to get them to love you. So. Absolutely. Uh, but with that, we will uh, get into the show with a, a question I always like to start with. Uh, have you ever walked out of a movie in the movie theater? Surprisingly, no. Um, I've come close to a couple, but I i don't know. I just thoroughly enjoy the movie-going theater experience. And uh, I've come close, like... Two movies what's that come the, to mind. Clo- yeah, sure, sure. I was gonna say, what's the closest? Um, Funny People. Uh, I think it was 2011. It had Adam Sandler. It was uh, who made that? Uh, was that Judd Apatow? Yeah, Judd Apatow. Yeah, and you know, he he had had a pretty hot streak going into that. You know, he had Knocked Up and Forty um, Year Old Virgin. Virgin. So you know, like, oh, you got Funny People. You got Adam Sandler. I can't remember right now who else who was all on that flick. But Seth we Rogen, to, Leslie Mann. Yes, yes, yes. So we went to go. My friends and I went to go see it, and it, we didn't find it funny at all. Like it was the weirdest thing. I don't know what it is. And yeah, we 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 were talking to each amongst ourselves. Like, do we go? Like, should we? Like, and but no, we we stuck it out. And uh, yeah, that's how close I ever came. And then um, the movie Mother with Jennifer Lawrence and uh, was it Javier Bardem? Yes, Javier Bardem. Yes. Yeah, that one. Uh, Mother. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That uh, left kind of a bad taste out of my mouth. I think the only reason I didn't leave is because my friend drove and uh, he wanted to stay and watch. But uh, his girlfriend and I were just rolling our eyes at each other watching that flick. Like, okay, we get the message. We get what you're trying to say. But, nah. nah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, my wife uh, watched Mother one night. Mother, because uh, it does have an exclamation <laughs> point at the end. Uh, and I, I, I went downstairs and I was watching it for all of ten minutes. I looked at her and I went, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. And, and she told me what it was, and I went, "Oh, all right, bye, enjoy the movie." And I went right back upstairs <laughs> to whatever I was doing, 
because that that yeah that movie was was weird as fuck. It's the scene because yeah. you you sat through it. So I, I went down. It's the scene they have all these random people at the house, and she's walking around and she's looking for her husband. And yeah, yeah, and that's all. And I'm just like, this is fucking weird. And then at some point, don't they eat a baby? Yeah, they like was like they rip it apart or something like that. It was uh just terrible. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, yeah. I looked at her. I looked at her. I remember looking at her, going, "Have they eaten the baby yet?" And she went, "What?" <laughs> and she went, "She she went what?" And I went, "Nothing." <laughs> <laughs> no, I I, I kind of make it a point to go to movies that I don't think I walk out of, like things I want to see. But I have right. a friend. Every now and again, we'll we'll go to a movie we're kind of iffy on. It's like, do I really want to see it? I'm kind of curious in a morbid way, like. We see, like we saw Dark Phoenix together. <laughs> you get what I'm saying now. Um, we saw Observe and Report, which is meh. And ironically, and this is what I'm still like worried about, the last movie I saw, I saw in the theater before everything shut down was Birds of Prey. Oh, okay. And I'm like, I don't want that to be the last movie I ever see in a theater because that fell in the category. Like, do we want to? We're curious, and we saw it, and it just did nothing for me or my friend. And then, you know, the world stopped. I'm like, ugh, no. Like, that's the last movie I saw in theaters, Birds of Prey? No. Last movie I saw in the theater was The Hunt. Oh, what was that? That's the one where it's people hunting people. Um, oh yeah how was that it was really bad but in a good way <laughs> it was yeah it, I, it, I hadn't heard anything about that yeah uh, by the time this is out i'm sure it'll be it'll be streaming on on one of your <laughs> your services um but i mean check it out it's got it's got a, a a fun cast emma roberts is in it ethan soupley is in it um the the chick that is the the blonde lead actress opposite Alison Brie in Glow. Oh, uh, is, Betty Gilpin, yeah. I know sure. who, yeah, she's hot, yeah. I, okay, that's right, yeah. Uh, Seth Rogen's best friend in Neighbors. Okay, yeah, oh, okay. He, huh. he he was in Suicide Squad. Um, yes, okay. Yeah, he's he's also in it. There's a handful, there's a handful of, of, of celebrities in it. And it's got some, it's got some really funny moments, uh, but it's, it's mostly just a, a bad, cheesy film. Um, yeah. I do, I do have to say, uh, I went and saw uh, Harley Quinn or the one or uh, Birds of Prey or the uh, Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I, I memorized that to memory more than I memorized Bird Birdman's <laughs> title. Um, but uh, Rosie Perez is still smoking hot. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the end of the movie when she's in that like bustier and like like kicking, I'm just like, oh my god! Like I had a thing for her in White Man Can't Jump, and I for oh, yeah. sure that for sure carried over into adulthood with uh, <laughs> with, with Birds of Prey. Uh, I think it was a little silly that that they, they that they did call it Birds of Prey uh, merely because they don't really form like the Birds of Prey themselves don't form. Spoiler alert, folks! If you yeah. haven't seen the film. That's like the last like fifteen minutes, right? Yeah, it's it's the end of the movie. They're like and they formed the birds of prey. I'm yeah. just like fuck. Yeah. Like like I want to see the Marvel DC crossover where it's Harley Quinn and Deadpool breaking the fourth wall together. Oh boy, that would man. Because that's all they were trying to do is they were really just trying to make Harley Quinn the female Deadpool. 
Pretty much, yeah. It, I mean, it works. Margot Robbie, Ro- Margot Robbie does an awesome job. Like of all of all the live action actresses that could be playing Harley Quinn, like Margot Robbie does it like fucking spot on. No, she knocks it out the fucking park. I'm just waiting for her to be in a good movie while doing that role. Wait for Suicide Squad two, directed by James Gunn. That's true. Very good point. That 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 intrigues me a great deal because like I want to say John Cena is in that one too. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. Oh, bro. Oh, it, um. The they're like the villains that they're doing like. Here, give me give me one second because I want to say that because the last one had Killer Croc in it, right? Yeah, yeah. This one has okay. Hold on, because the the you know the wonders of of technology. Uh, the Suicide <laughs> Squad is the name of the next one. Uh, the plot is unknown, uh, but we know that Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie is returning as Harley Quinn. Uh, Taika Waititi is playing a character. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Idris Elba is in it. Nathan Fillion is in it. Whoa. Jai Courtney is coming back as Captain Boomerang. David uh, Dotschmalichian, who is the Russian from Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. If you look like Duck and Quack like Duck. Oh, he's good. He plays Polka Dot Man. <laughs> Michael Fuck. Michael Rorker is in it. John Cena is in it as Peacemaker. Oh, gnarly. Okay. Sean Gunn is in it as John Monroe slash Weasel. So Weasel is going to be part of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm buying it now. Peter Capaldi is in it. And this is the one that got me in. This is the one that got me in, Mondo. Steve Agee is in it as King Shark. No way. Yeah. <laughs> fucking rat, fucking dude, rat catcher is in it. Uh, Sadato, like it's fucking bro, like it. This this is the Suicide Squad that we all wanted from the first one, and okay. and that's the and that's the thing is I actually I, I I didn't love Suicide Squad. I enjoyed it. I watched it one time in the theater. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I walked out and had nothing really bad to say about it. So. No, I I can agree with that sentiment. There's some scenes in there you're wondering, like, okay, why did you even do that? Like, what is the point of that? Why why are we bothering with that? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, if you just redo some things, that that could could be a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's not horrible. It's not a sin upon cinema like some people like to make it out to be. Like, comic book fans love to over-exaggerate things. But, um, yeah, it's not the worst piece of shit out there by far. Not, yeah. not by any stretch. Like, it's, it's nowhere near as bad as, like, the Fantastic Four flicks or, you know, some of the later Batman movies, like, you know, Batman Robin, that kind of thing. Like, I don't think it's in that ballpark at all. Absolutely. But people like to, people like to shit on it uh, just because uh, of the, the, the latest DC products that when it was made, it wasn't the greatest. Uh, But I'll say, I'll say it was better than Batman versus Superman uh, and I didn't watch it, so I can only assume it was better than Justice League. Hmm, that's tough. I see. I didn't see Justice League. See, my 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 thing is is DC tried to do what Marvel did in ten years. They they tried to do in like three. And yeah, I was, I was literally about to say that. Like, when Justice League comes off, it's so rushed. Yeah. It's and, like you know they're doing it just to just to try to catch up to what Marvel's already done, and he can do it. Yeah, and, and they bring in characters uh, like Cyborg 
and they don't give him an origin story. They bring in Flash, and they don't give him an origin story. Right. Uh, and, and the mere fact, I understand the concept of a multiverse and how we can have crossovers, but but uh, I'm trying. I want to say his name is Grant Gaines, who plays Barry Allen on Flash yeah. on TV. Oh right, yeah. Is is he's fucking Barry Allen? Mm-hmm. Like he's spectacular, and I I pray that they do some kind of crossover. And they kind of did. I want to say they kind of did with on TV, with with uh, with like one of the the crossover events that they did do. Uh, do you watch any of the uh, DC TV shows? No, I don't. I, I haven't really watched any of the DC shows or the uh, the Marvel shows on Netflix. I watched I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil, Jessica Jones. I'm actually going to start watching them again since I have time, of course. But um, no, I haven't delved into the DC shows. I hear good things. My mom actually watches them, but um, yeah, I haven't I haven't picked up on those yet. Yeah, my 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 personal thought: uh, Marvel makes uh, great movies and decent TV shows, and DC makes great TV shows and decent movies. That's what I've heard. I've heard nothing but good things about the TV shows. Yeah, and 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 I and the thing is, is like I love Agents of Shield. Agents of Shield is about to come back for their final season. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all caught up on that. I'm super excited, but uh, I love watching Flash. I'm bummed Arrow just ended. Like I'm I'm happy with the way they ended Arrow, um, but the thing is, is like they're the, like I think they're getting too much now because it was just announced that they're doing a, a Superman and Lois show. Which is uh, again? <laughs> well, it's not Lois and Superman. It's Superman and Lois. That's, <laughs> that's the that's the thing that separates it. Is they just re- right? Like you yeah. could bring, you know, you could do Chachi loves Joni, and it could be a completely right. different show from Joni right. loves Chachi. Uh, but it's it's the actor and actress that play Superman and Lois on the new Supergirl show, which I I I, I dig. Okay. I, think Su- I think Supergirl is great. Uh, but we don't need a show to replace Arrow. Like I'm having a hard enough time keeping up on the shows, you know, as it is right now. Um, but no, they they do great shows. They have Flash. They had Arrow. Uh, I love Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow is probably one of my favorite ones uh, because they just take side characters from all of the main shows and give them their own side show. Uh, right. If if only for the fact that it also resurrected Constantine. Uh, from the canceled show that he had gotten off oh, of. Oh, no shit. It, yeah, it, it was either NBC or ABC that had the Constantine show for one season. Huh. And, the, and then they canceled it, which was okay, horrible. Because the dude playing Constantine was amazing, and they actually brought him back purely for Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, so that's so that's that's great. Um, but uh, I love I love DC and, and all of that, and we completely side tangent, so I don't remember where we were at the original point. But I know it was the first question of walking out of films, which you've <laughs> well, never yeah, really film, done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I and I will say I go to movies. I'm much like you. I go to movies that I think I'm gonna like, and I I, I don't expect to walk out of. Uh, the last movie I walked out of, I walked in hoping to really enjoy it. Uh, and it was the drizzling shits, and I walked out in like 20 minutes, and I have friends that just absolutely love this movie. That's Jupiter Ascending. Oh, yeah, I've I've wanted to watch that. Um, Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it, too. More more bad than good, but my actually my parents, I want my parents buy every DVD and Blu-ray that comes out, you know, sight unseen. It's ridiculous, their collection, and that they have it there. I remember seeing the previews for it, everything. I'm like, okay, maybe, but it, it's one of those movies that fell through the cracks and I wasn't able to catch. 
which is what I've been doing during, you know, time off. Like, I have a list of movies I've watched since the beginning of the closing of everything. And, uh, yeah, I'll have to steal that from them and watch it because I'm just curious. I hope you can last longer than I did. I made it about. <laughs> I, I made it about. I, I won't give anything away, but it's the scene when Mila Kunis is hiding in the closet. Once that scene happens, you can check your time mark and you can go. Okay, Steve, Steve walked out at this point. All right, all right, that's good. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's, and and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the scene when she's hiding in the closet. Um, I think I'll have to take you up on that challenge. <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, I I just I I looked at my wife and I was like, I right, we we gotta go. That was the Wachowski, I, right? It might it might have been. That's how Big much one. I. That's how much uh, I don't. I'm, I'm I have to say I'm super excited for Matrix Four. Oh, they are doing they are doing that. You can look online. There's footage of them already filming. Like they had already started filming. There's footage, mm. dude. How crazy is this for Keanu Reeves? They're doing a Matrix 4, they're doing a Bill and Ted 3, and they've also announced that they're doing a John Wick 4. Like, <laughs> like it, it, is it the 90s again? Like, I'm so confused. Oh, like, yeah. Are they going to make a Bram Stoker's Dracula 2 while they're at it? Why not? Yeah, let's get Winona Ryder back in the picture. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but oh man, there, yeah, there's so many um, that it, it's a bad film. But going back to Jupiter Ascending, uh, the only other film that I should have walked out of, uh, Steven Spielberg's BFG. I thought that film was a, a mm. I thought that film was a BPS, which is a big pile of shit. <laughs> um, with that though, uh, we will continue on. What is uh, a movie that you can watch every day? Probably Goodfellas. Okay, okay. I know you had a couple. I know you had a couple answers, so you can you can give a couple films. I'm more than welcome to talk. You know, talk a couple movies. So, um, yeah, good. I, I just thought about that the other day in between our questions and stuff. Yeah, Goodfellas is probably near the top. Uh, Gross Point Blank. Okay. Uh, they showed the other day that one. Um, The Dark Knight. That's a big one for me too. I, you know. The, you know, kind of segueing into our Joker talk, The Dark Knight. Anytime sure. that's on, anytime that's on, um, I'm done. That's kind of usually how I list my criteria of movies, like their rewatchability. Like if they're on, I'm in trouble because I know I can't walk away from the TV no matter what. Absolutely. I got that's a handful my... of those. I've got a handful of those. Uh, Goodfellas is uh, amazing. Uh, my buddies and I, we did uh, ranking episodes I'd mentioned to you before. Uh, we did 1990 through uh, 1999, mm. uh, and for me, I, w- I want to say 1990 uh, was Goodfellas. Yeah, like like that's that's uh, you know like that was that was my movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, 1990 Goodfellas. Yeah, uh, I look back on that now. Sorry, and you know I was like 19 years old when that came out. I didn't see it when it came out in theaters, but um, looking back on it, I was like, how did that not win Best Picture? Over Dances with Wolves. Like, Dances with fuck? Wolves. Yeah, and that's and it's so funny because uh, I just recorded an episode the other day where I asked a friend that, and I'm like, that may start being just like a question I ask on the show. How do you th- how do you think that Dances with Wolves truly beat Goodfellas? Like, yeah. it, it, I understand there was a full Ke- I was about to say Keanu Reeves. I know there was a full Kevin Costner, uh, fa- you know, fad. I know that I think he's yeah. just come off of like Bull Durham. 
and um, feel the dreams. Yeah, he was he was hot dreams. right then. Yeah, he was a, he was a hot ticket item, and then he made Unforgiven, um, which just fails in comparison to the far superior film Tombstone. Yeah. Um, that's uh, another one I can watch any any time. <laughs> Tombstone. Absolutely, absolutely, and Tombstone Tombstone is such a quotable film. Oh, like like all day, I, all day. Like I got two, one for the each of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's so it's so good. And and I giggle. I just giggle anytime it's the scene of Val Kilmer just fucking around with his whiskey cup, like it's a, like yeah. it's a yeah. like it's a gun. Um, and the, the the best thing about that that scene with him and Michael Bean doing that, like that's them. Like they're legit twirling around those guns and the cop. I'm like, that's not. There's no special effects. Like they they practice that. That's the amazing part of it. Yeah, it's it it goes back to like Keanu Reeves in the John Wick films. Yeah. Uh, I like it's the training that goes into it. Uh, but no, Tombstone is amazing. Uh, you had mentioned Gross Point Blank, uh, which which was, is is awesome. Uh, you look at the cast alone: uh, Cusack and Aykroyd, uh, along with what Piven, Mi, uh, Mini Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's a great film that you can put on, and it's 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 one that you can say lasts the test of time. Oh, for sure, Alan Arkin, Joan Cusack, like oh, dude, it's it's so stacked. And the soundtrack too, it's oh, so good. Absolutely. What was the third one you'd mentioned? Oh, The Dark Knight. Holy shit. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a ranking of the Batman movies uh, with my buddy Drew, and uh, we matched number one, our number one favorite Batman movie of all the Batman movies, Dark Knight. Yeah, and, and half the time, well, when it was on Netflix, I don't think it's on Netflix right now, but it was. I'll, I'll admit, like, I'll just skip to all of Heath Ledger's themes. Yes. <laughs> I Oh, I remember catching that film uh, it, it, it was, it was like, Oh, I think it was opening week. I forget. Uh, truth be told, it was a much younger time in my life. So <laughs> I, I, I had just heavily partied the night before, uh, w- with my friends, uh, at a little mini rave, uh, at their house. So, uh, so, so, you know, much vitamin E had been, been taken the night before. <laughs> um, so, so I go and I see that the next day. So I'm still kind of euphoric. And I remember the the pencil trick, and I remember oh. the, the 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 wave that went across the theater of whoa, what the fuck! <laughs> and and that film, dude, and that film fucks with your emotions. Like that, they they make you think Gordon's dead. Like yeah. oh, oh, there's so many, so many good things. Like i i I mean whatever you want to talk i mean i because I can say a ton of great things about the dark Knight, so <laughs> no, like, like I remember watching that movie the first time, like I forgot it was a comic book movie, sure, I'm like oh this is this is like a, a crying fucking drama flick what I'm watching here, like I forgot that that was Heath Ledger I'm looking at on the screen, he was just that fucking good in the role that, that's yeah. one of the I, I like as weird as it is to say, I like comic book movies that aren't too comic booky in their delivery. Sure. And with that, you get, you get a great, a great diversion into Joker. I mean, I know, I know that you posting about Joker the other day is, is what initially got to me contacting <laughs> you for the show. Um, no, I, I love Joker. I, I loved it. You saw what you said, you saw it eight times in the theaters. Uh, probably between, I would say six, seven, eight times. I'm not sure. Holy jeez. That's, I saw it. Same thing with the Dark Knight. Okay, I, I saw I saw Joker twice. That's 
that's how much like like I, I loved it for me to go see to for me to pay to see a movie twice uh, is truly something uh, for for me. Um, I said I loved I loved Joker. I loved everything about it. Um, I think it should have won Best Picture. <laughs> uh, I, I was. I was sold on it too, all the way up until I saw 1917. Then I, I would have gone with 1917. All right. Have you seen Parasite yet? No. I, I mean, I know I begrudgingly have to in a sense, but uh, yeah, I just don't see how it could be better than either of those two flicks. I see for me, and and no one, no one's really. My wife is the only one that has disagreed with me on this statement. But I feel that Joker and Parasite are very much the same film that they represent the same message. It sounds like it. It's the reflection of high society to low society and how it's ignored and how people are treated. Um, I, I loved Joker. Um, so you saw it enough that you'll be able to, to hopefully securely answer this question for me. The sure. woman that, the woman that is his therapist in the city when it is closed down is mm-hmm. the same woman that is his therapist in the asylum at the end of the movie, right? No. It's not? No, it's a different woman. A different woman. The whole time, because I saw it twice, and I'm thinking, I, like, like they looked similar enough that I'm like, is it the same woman? Because that goes with the whole, like, they, they would have been, in my opinion, they would have been super smart to have it be the same woman. Because cause then it would have gone into the whole, well, what was in his head and what was it? Like, it would have gone more into that with that. Dude, yeah, I'm... I'm... See now you got me down myself, but I'm pretty sure I would probably bet money on the fact that it was a different person. Um, but my friend's wife, she actually introduced that theory into my head, like if the whole thing was in his mind, then that that blew me away. I'm like, oh shit! Like that actually makes a lot of sense. The entire story told in the movie was just in his head, and he'd been in the hospital the whole time. Yeah. And I'm looking, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so. Uh, Sharon Washington was his social worker and okay. Yep. April Grace Arkham yeah. psychiatrist, the two yeah. different women. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> it would have been, it would have been so good if it had been the same woman though, because that was my, that I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm saying stereotypical things, but it, it I, I only saw it twice. And in my mind's eye, I was like, was it, was it, I think it was the same woman, which just gives the whole, like, which fucks with your head even more. Um, uh, but one of my favorite things that I always love to mention, uh, is, is the, the beginning of the film and the end of the film. Uh, I heard a lot of people online saying that, that Joaquin with his head against the window in the cop car was very remnant of Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Uh, Whereas I feel it's very remnant of the beginning of the film with him on the bus. It's the exact same position. It's the exact same, almost the exact same look. Oh yeah. Wow. That that the beginning of the film, he's miserable with his life, and he's just on the bus, just just you know fucking going nuts. And then at the end of, at the end of the film, it's it's in my you know it's I think it's the, the same exact you know the way he's leaning, the way he's looking, like it's all the same. Apparently, there's I don't know if you've seen this gift that's made its way around or meme made made its around so, uh, social media. There's a painting in Joaquin's living room that is in the uh the art museum scene of uh Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and I don't know if someone photoshopped or whatever, but uh, I forgot to look when I watched it again. But yeah, someone was making that claim that they had the same pictures. Oh, I like that. I'll have to look into that one. 
Yeah. And I, I loved I loved the whole the whole just story of it, the whole the even the things that make you doubt like the things that are done. Like after he kills his mom he finds that photo, you know, that, that on the back is basically a little love note inscribed from, from Thomas Wayne. Oh yeah. Like, oh, it's so like yeah, it's so great. Uh, and now that it's out again, you know, now that it's out for the public to watch, you know, like multiple viewings definitely ahead just because I want to be able to watch it and kind of dive and look into things. I love looking for Easter eggs and things that, you know, they, they try and, and represent for other things in, in the universe. Yeah, and the, the thing I, I caught this time around was, you know, my my friend's wife's theory of how he was in the hospital the whole time and just dreamt it up. Uh, the scene early on when he's talking to the social worker at the beginning of the movie, and it cuts away to that shot of him banging his head against the uh, the door in the psych ward. I'm sure. like, okay, okay, like, yeah, what if he was in there the whole time and just kind of showing where he's at right now, what he's doing as he's, you know, pretend, thinking he's talking to this woman, he's just banging his head against the wall. Sure, it's a, it's a full uh, uh, Citizen Kane. It's a full Rosebud moment. Mm-hmm. But no, I love it. I love Joker. I love uh I love The Dark Knight. Uh both films that, that I could could that I could continually watch. Um that are just just spectacular. Um with that we do we kinda continue and glide on to uh movies that take you back to your childhood. Oh boy. There's a lot like what did I say? I said well Star Wars, obviously, off sure. the top of my head. I, I remember my dad literally plopped me down in front of the TV to watch. They were showing A New Hope on TV, like on CBS, and, like, he plopped me down and watched that, and I was instantly hooked. And I think I said, too, all the uh, the Don Bluth animated movies from the 80s. Sure. Um, you know, Secret of Nim, that was a huge one for me. That one, to this day, still takes cake. Land Before Time, American Tale, um... All those ones were really good. I think at the time they were better than whatever Disney was putting out. Oh That's yeah, I, it, when you look at when you look at that compared to some of the older Disney, uh, yeah, those films are definitely uh, a lot of good ones. I want to say another uh, good one is uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I want to say that's a dog. Oh yeah. Oh um, yeah. But yeah, Secret, Secret, and shit. yeah. Secret of Nim is is a great is a great eighty film. And I think it's crazy because it's it's considered like a children's movie. Um, oh no! <laughs> yeah, like that is it's not a kids movie, but like in the in the eighties, it was like, oh, it's an animated feature. It must be for the kids. No, um, killing and shit and fighting. And, oh, dude. Do same thing with land with land with uh, uh, land before time. Land yeah. Before time, they're just killing dinosaurs and they're 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 running for their life. And yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, and I, I hadn't thought about American Tales in years, and then randomly on my Spotify, uh, somewhere out there came on, and uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, man, it was it, it took me it took me back to to you know a different time. Uh, those are those are some great ones, and Star Wars, uh, the original Star Wars, uh, of course, are great. What are your thoughts on the uh, the prequels and the new movies? It's weird because I was slightly indifferent to the prequels, but these sequels have made the prequels look so much better. And uh, I'll I'll stand, I'll I'll die on the hill defending episode three. I thought that one was great. I thought it was a good way to segue into A New Hope. Um, sure. Phantom Menace is okay. Like, I like, especially 
the fight scene between Ray Park and um, Obi Wan and Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, it's yeah. the greatest. It's the greatest lightsaber fight that that has ever been. Oh yeah, because I, I mean they do it all basically with no special effects at all. It's literally just them. Yeah. You know, going to work, and that that's just fucking amazing. That you know, Hugh McGregor and Ray Park. That Hugh McGregor could hang with Ray Park like that. Sure. Um, um, a fun story. So really quick, fun story for episode one. Uh, Liam Neeson had been trained on sword fighting for the movie Rob Roy. Oh, right, so, yeah. So he was taking defensive positions and doing things with his with his mock lightsaber um, while they were practicing, and and like he was actually like tricking up the actual like swordsman that he was fighting with because they weren't expecting him to be hitting defense like actual defensive. <laughs> they didn't they didn't expect him to know what he was doing, and he was just you know tricking them up. That's rad. I think the only reason I don't care for episode two is because I was expecting so much more. I was expecting to get question, answers to quest, to long-running questions. Sure. But we got none of that. We got more questions raised than answered. I mean, Yoda fighting was cool, but uh, that one just had me wanting more, a little disappointing. Was, was, episode, was episode two or episode three the Yoda-Count uh, Dooku fight? That was episode two. That was episode two. That's so funny. I remember being in three because I was going to say second best lightsaber fight ever uh, is Yoda, Yoda Dooku. Or, or do you mean Yoda Insidious? Uh, no, Christopher Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Count Dooku, right? Yes, yes, yes. You're right. Okay. I, I was getting them all confused. But yeah, um, I love episode three for those, those two fights between, you know, finally seeing, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan go at it and then the Emperor sure. and Yoda go at it. Um, the sequels, I, it's, I think it's a toss in that for me as far as least favorite Star Wars movies between episode two and seven, because seven was just a flat out remake of four. Sure. Well, it was, it was a combination of, of a little bit of four, five and six. I mean, when, when I, when I watched it, I caught a little bit of, of, you know, all of the original series in it. I, I just remember sitting there watching, like, this is the same shit. Like, we're doing the same thing over again. Like, this is bringing nothing new to the table. Like, I've waited all these years, and you're giving me a retread, basically. Well, you had so, to catch up. You had to catch up the new fans somehow. Ah, fuck them. That's what I say. <laughs> That's what I say. Like, sure. they didn't do, like, granted, I've never seen any of them, but they didn't do that in any of the Harry Potter movies. They didn't have to, you know, reestablish anything or do it like they just told their story as it as is um episode eight i don't hate even though most people do because you know they did try something different sure um, ryan johnson is well known for that yeah i thought i was actually kind of hoping that he would he would have won the oscar for best screenplay just to throw it in the star wars fans faces so like that would have been very funny to me had he won but uh and and nine they're just trying to like they painted themselves into a corner with that one, and they just had to like throw everything out there to get out of it. Like, okay, we'll bring back the emperor, and oh, he can make armies out of nothing. And yeah, he has the force; he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> like fucking <laughs> the force. All right. Well, what are what are your thoughts? We'll 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 stray a little bit from that. What are your thoughts on uh, Rogue One and Solo? Rogue One is excellent. Rogue One is is what every Star Wars movie should be. 
that man, that one. That's another one I can I I found myself watching over and over again. Solo was all right. Solo was decent. Um, again, like people people like fans these days, fandom, nerd culture, whatever you want it. They either want to automatically label something the greatest ever, or they'll just shit all over it for no reason. Sure. There, there, there's no middle ground with with the kids these days. Um, but yeah, Solo was good. You know, not great, but you know, it wasn't terrible at all. I you know, interesting direction. Like my my biggest thing to come out of Solo is them making a big deal out of the fucking. Well, they're not fuzzy dice, but the shiny dice that hang from the Millennium Falcon, which were never, ever mentioned before. Sure. And now that's a thing. So, that's about And then the fact that the Millennium Falcon is apparently sentient. Like, since when? Like, no, you can't do that. Stop that. <laughs> I loved uh, Donald Glover. That was the main reason I went to go see it. I'm a big Donald Glover fan, so. No, he was, um, he was good. He was good. I like the way that Solo and Chewbacca met. I thought that was well done. And, uh, yeah. Um, of course, it had one of the worst lines of the film, Chewbacca, that's way too long. I'll have to come up with something shorter. Yeah, a little forced. It was like, oh, and this is how Hustle got his gun. What? Like, yeah, and, and this is how he got his name. What's your name? Han. What's your last name? I don't have a last name. Well, you have to have a last name. You're Solo. <laughs> I, I kind of like that. I, it, 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 it reminded me of The Godfather. It reminded me how fucking Don Corleone got named. Like, oh, it's from it's the city he lives in, so we're going to name him that. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, uh, those those are some good ones. Um, uh, but, yeah, Star Wars, Don Blue. I mean, I won't lie. I have two Star Wars tattoos, so I'm a, I'm a fan of the, of the, <laughs> the series. So, uh, but, yeah, I'm, uh, watching, I'm watching The Clone Wars right now. My brother... Uh, he just finished watching the final season. He's been telling me nonstop to watch it. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I have time. Of course, yeah, I'll start watching it. I, did, I just started watching it last week. So and now that we have, now that we all have time, no, mm-hmm. I've caught up. I've caught up. I've caught up on a bunch of stuff. My wife and I have started watching Hell's Kitchen, uh, and Hulu has it from season ten to to now, uh, which is like season nineteen. Uh, so we we have lots of that to watch. We we've we've watched the uh, Man in the High Castle on Amazon Prime. We're in the middle of Jack Ryan on Amazon Prime. Uh, there's you know a handful of of movies. Uh, I, I've been watching. I've been rewatching Marvel uh, just on on a daily basis. Um, whether it's Ant Man or Guardians, uh, I've watched Infinity Wars and Endgame both three times. Oh yeah, those. <clears throat> Yeah, more, more so for me, Infinity War, and any is good, but like Infinity War, when I first watched it, it was just nonstop. That movie did not let you breathe at all. It just kept coming at you with different shit. Sure. And that's what I loved about it. And then, you know, uh, the ending was a downer, so it was all good. Uh, I was talking, I wish I wish I could remember who I was talking with, uh, but they brought up a great point. What they should have ended the movie with is they should have just ended the movie with the, with him saying, you should have gone for the head and then the snap, and then credits. Because then everyone for a year would have been like, who died? Who's alive? What's happening? Yeah, I, I remember they, I think the Russo said they, originally that's that was the plan, just oh, to leave that, it at that. that, that but, uh, you know, they had to show everyone, you know, and all that stuff. I guess. Uh, but, um, uh, no, uh, so for uh, Infinity Wars, 
Uh, I openly talk on the podcast how I have no problem crying during movies because I'm very in touch with my emotions <laughs> and secure with my manlyhood. Uh, I only cried once in Infinity Wars, and it was not the spot that I expected to cry. And it's one line. I'll tell you one line, and you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel anything. I just feel you. Oh man, yeah, that was rough. It's it's the only like like I I just it's like it's love like and when it comes to love like I'm a big sap like I love my wife and sitting there and and that moment like you, you know you don't know why you think of that shit but for that moment I'm thinking like fuck what would my life be my life be like without my wife and it's just fucking heartbreaking like. Uh, it, yeah, that's the only scene that, that I didn't expect, that, that I cried at that I didn't. Like, I didn't cry uh, when Peter died, um, uh, which which I, I fully expected to. I was expecting them to kill Tony in that movie. Now, I was just shocked when they, you know, quote-unquote, killed Spider-Man and Black Panther. I'm like, Yo, you know, you can't take out the, the new Golden Goose right yeah. there, the two, the two golden geese right now. Like, what? Like, that's crazy. I mean, you knew you were, they were going to come back, but just the fact that they even did it, like, wow. Like, didn't expect that at all. The the best the best for me uh, was coming home from the movie. Uh, my mother-in-law uh, doesn't like to watch movies where people die. And she, <laughs> she, she, she looks at me and goes, does anyone die? And I went, and I went, a couple. A couple. <laughs> and and she's like, she's like, well, tell me. And I was like, do you really want to know? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, Loki dies. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, and Black Widow dies. And she goes, <laughs> she, she goes, she goes, what? And I went, and Star Lord dies. And she goes, huh? <laughs> and, or no, no, sorry, sorry. I said Gamora because because uh, Black Widow dies in the second one. I said Gamora. Um, and she she went what? And then I went and Star Lord, and Drax. And Groot <laughs> and Mantis. I just and I and I went and Doctor Strange. I just started naming everyone like and Falcon and Black Panther and Dar- and, and I'm just like and I'm there and she's just like her jaws just extending more and more and more and she's just like well and I'm like they killed everyone, they killed everyone. Um, have you seen the clip of Mark Ruffalo actually spoiling the film at D23? No. There is a clip. It's him and Don Cheadle, uh-huh. and and the interviewer goes. Um, so, you know, a lot of these Marvel movies don't necessarily end well for the hero. And Mark Ruffalo goes, yeah, you could say that. Wait till you see this one. They basically kill everyone. And <laughs> as, as soon as he says that, like, Don Cheadle is like, dude. And Ruffalo is like, what? I mean, can we take that back? Like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking funny. <laughs> like, it it is I I stay away from interviews and stuff, but you can look like look up Mark Ruffalo's spoils Infinity Wars, and like oh, man, you, you, you you can tell it's at D twenty three, so it's at a convention, and I I fully think that it wasn't planned. I don't think that it was shot afterwards. Like oh, you watch God. you watch Cheadle's reaction to Ruffalo saying that and everything that's afterwards, and like you can you can be a great actor, but like when you see an honest shock reaction of someone saying something, you're like. Oh, like that's not a work. Wow. <laughs> like, like, like this is completely off topic. But do you watch um, the Mass Singer at all? No. Okay, so so Jeff Dino is convinced that that show is a work, and that, <laughs> that 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 the judges and that the host Nick Cannon know who they are the entire time. And I'm just looking, 
And I'm looking at them and I'm like, bro, look at the reactions they have. Like when people are revealed, like look at the reactions, like they're having, I'm like, that's not, that's not a work. Those are, those are, <laughs> those are real reactions. That's not, that's not an active, you know, that's not someone acting. Yeah. Like, Jen McCarthy can't be that good of a worker. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. Jenny McCarthy is not that good of an actress. Um, <laughs> Uh, she's I, I I cannot stand her on that show. She's my least favorite thing about that show. I was a big <laughs> fan. Uh, so fun so fun sidebar, and then we'll get back onto the show. Uh, I was watching the show, and she was wearing like a tube top, and I was like, mm-hmm. man, they're just really trying to make you think that Jenny's gonna fall out of her top. Uh, to, <laughs> to, to which my wife said, oh, what do you want to see her naked? To which I turned and looked at her and went, uh, you know, she's a Playboy playmate, right? Yeah, it's been done. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like that's 1993, said and done. Like, don't even bother me. Like, that was her in her prime, not now. Like, I'm exactly. <laughs> like, pre, pre-boob job Jenny McCarthy is better than boob job Jenny McCarthy any day. Um, it's funny. It, it's, it's weird because, like, she's, like, oddly enough, like, one of the, if not the most successful Playboy Playmates ever. Sure. Like, like it's funny, like, especially when I really used to look not read, but look at that magazine, you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know, all all their goals were to become, like, Hollywood actresses and shit, and they, none of them ever did, but it's Jenny McCarthy, it's Pam Anderson, those are, like, the only two, really. It's funny. Yeah, they they both did, you know, basically act, uh, and and uh, she definitely did buy her, she'd buy her, she married her way into entertainment. That too, yeah. And she married to Donnie Wahlberg, like, she's married to a new kid. Wow. So, well, she was, she was married to Jim Carrey too, or I know they uh, dated. She, him. Were they married? Yeah, I, I, they might have been married. I know they dated, but yeah, no, she's now married to Donnie Wahlberg. So she's married. Oh, she's wow, she's married to a to a triple threat. He's an actor, singer, dancer. Because <laughs> you know, you know that Donnie can still get it down. Because the new kids are apparently still on tour. That's right. That is but, right. But hey, man, you can't, you can't, you can't dig on NKOTB, right? Hey, man, he he knocked it out in fucking the Sixth Sense. I mean, no one knew that was him. Like, oh shit, that Donnie Wahlberg, goddamn! Oh my god, Donnie Wahlberg was amazing in that. I loved Donnie Wahlberg in Saw Two. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's, no, Don Donnie Wahlberg is 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 a is a fucking killer actor, like for sure. And definitely like surprised us all with Sixth Sense. Um, but with that, we do come to uh, to the next question. Uh, and it, it leads somehow into something, but that would be favorite director. Uh, obviously, in my younger and more impressionable years, Tarantino was king. Of course. But now he's kind of, I don't want to say he's fallen off. It's just It's kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a Tarantino flick. Yeah, they're 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 feet and they're a long shot. <laughs> I was about to say they're feet. <laughs> and it was, it was after you found out about his foot fetish, you look back on the older movies like, oh god, I had no idea. Okay, <laughs> how did how did I not see it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I don't like. I I didn't. I couldn't really get into the hateful eight. I actually I actually fell asleep watching it in the theater. Um. I didn't initially like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but I've watched it a couple times since then, and like I, I find myself enjoying that more and more. But uh, I know his films have always been more conversation and talk heavy, but it seems lately they've been even more so. Like, wow, like, okay, what's this movie going to do besides just talk and 
look and sound cool. Sure. So it's kind of worn thin a little bit. And I know he's talked about his next movie. He's, I know he's talked about wanting to make a Star Trek movie. Um, that his tenth movie will be the last his last movie that he'll direct. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but here, here's the thing, though, Mondo. If you look at his collective works, he's tra- he's directed ten movies. Yeah. He, does, he doesn't include Death Proof. Well. Which is which is for me his my my least favorite Quentin Tarantino film. Maybe that's why. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I that that one. I mean, that I fall into the category of uh, of of. There's just like I get it. It's a Tarantino film, uh, but there's just too much talking and. Yeah. Yeah. Especially following the action-filled uh, uh, planet terror. I don't know where you did you catch uh, uh, the 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 I forget what they fucking called it. Um, the double feature when it came out, Grindhouse. Did you catch the Grindhouse when it when it was in theaters? I actually didn't. I, I don't know how I didn't, but for some for whatever reason, I I didn't get to the theater to see that. Yeah, and that one aired uh, as a double feature. They did yeah, Planet, right. they they did Robert Rodriguez's Planet Terror, uh, and then they did Quentin Tarantino's Right, Right, uh, yeah. Death Proof. And I worked at a movie theater at the time. A lot of people would leave. During the credits, of no, yeah, oh my not, God. not a lot of not a lot of people knew, and I'd let them leave because it's less for me, it's less for me to clean, really, because they're just gonna make more of a mess if they stay in there for the other film. Oh my God, um, but yeah, no, Death Proof is, is my least favorite. Uh, but yeah, no, Quentin Tarantino, uh, his earlier flicks. I gotta say, like like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is probably my favorite Tarantino film right now. Uh, be, because just uh, so so the next time you say you've been re rewatching it, reviewing it, um, so uh, next time you rewatch it, uh, keep in mind for this shot when they go to the drive-in theater. I want to say in Santa Monica, mm-hmm. that drive-in theater doesn't exist anymore. It's been torn down mm. for many years. Next time you watch that shot, those are all miniatures. That's no a miniature. That's a miniature car that's being driven on a remote control. That's a miniature set, and there's a little handheld camera that's walking behind them. That's rad. Yeah. Uh, another uh, fun thing I love about it uh, is is some people know this one, some people don't. Uh, when they get out and they're going to the movies, Margot Robbie goes, what's happening over there? And they go like, oh, it's, it's a bunch of adult films. It's a grimy theater. Do you know what that theater is now? What? It's the New Beverly. It's Quentin Tarantino's theater. Really? Yeah, so he made a joke about about his own movie theater, uh, in the in his film, basically being like, "Oh, that's that grimy adult theater," uh, that <laughs> uh, eventually became the New Beverly, which he owns today. How funny! There's a lot of fun things. I mean, uh, the 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 soundtrack is is great for it. Brad Pitt is is amazing. Uh, definitely worthy of winning the oh, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I it's the first movie that I can really remember. I mean, like it happens in, in Deadpool, but it's one of the, the better, like a flashback within a flashback. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's just, it's just that split second of a flashback, but it's the flashback of, I want to say it's Brad Pitt killing his wife. Yeah. Um, And that flashback is so great. A lot of people had a big issue with the, uh, with the Bruce Lee scene. Um, I don't get but that, but the big take the big takeaway 
is obviously none of this is real. Like the movie, <laughs> the movie is called Once Upon a Time. Like yeah. how does how does every fairy tale start? Once upon a time, <laughs> like I'm sure Bruce Lee was an amazing, generous, gentle, humble man. Um, but like people were saying that he came off like an asshole. Like no, he was just telling a fucking story. And then Brad Pitt ran his mouth. And then Bruce Lee got a hit, and then Brad Pitt got a hit, and then the fight was over. Like, no one got their ass handed to them. It was an equal fight. Yeah, and I think there's probably a degree of smugness to Bruce Lee, too. I mean, when you're that talented and you know it, like, you might come across as smug to some people. So Sure. And, and, that, definitely, and that definitely translates as a relatable thing with us both working in wrestling, of knowing <laughs> wrestlers that, that – you know, are very talented and they know they're talented and we know that they are just assholes and stand in the limelight too long. And we know that there are wrestlers that are really talented and truly humbled, like all outright say Ricky Mandel. Ricky Mandel, super talented in the ring, super humble outside. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. And then I won't name names, but there are wrestlers that are super talented, that know they're super talented, that are just dicks. So, well... Theodore comes to mind, so yeah, that's, that's yeah. <laughs> you can I, make that one of what you will. Sure, sure. Um, I'm racking, I'm racking that one in my mind. I'll bug you about that one later. Um, you'll you'll figure that, it out later. You can ask someone; they'll they'll, they'll tell you. <laughs> sure. sure. Uh, with that, we do come to uh, favorite actor, actress. I mean, either or or both. Um. Gosh. It's like, for some reason, Paul Rudd just comes out like, you see Paul Rudd, you just think it's going to be good already. Sure, like, you know, sure. Paul Rudd will never steer you wrong most times. Um, I don't know if it's like, I hate, I hate to come off as a fucking, you know, sexist asshole, but I always think of, you know, females and their looks before their acting ability. But one that comes to mind quickly as an excellent actress is uh, Reese Witherspoon has always done it for me. Okay, she's, well, she's a great one. Wise. Yeah, like like from her first movie. Well, I think it was her first movie, Freeway. Okay. And you know she was phenomenal in that. And then when you know when Walk the Line, of course, just fucking knocked it out. Uh, so yeah, she's definitely up there as, as someone I would consider a favorite actress. That's great. That's and and Reese Witherspoon has a has a, a high uh, uh, acting list uh, as far as silly films to serious films. Uh, she knows she knows how to play it all ways. Uh, one of the first films that I really remember her from is Cruel Intentions. Oh, that, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest. We all remember Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair more than we remember Reese Witherspoon. Uh, but we remember all three of them much more than we remember Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, he, he got a he got a wife out of it for a few years, so it wasn't a total loss on his end, but uh. Yeah, it's 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 stunning to think that Sarah Michelle Gellar and so like you said, they, they kind of overshadowed Reese Witherspoon in that flick. But I mean that that was that was easily Sarah Michelle's best role. But I mean longevity wise, I mean Reese Witherspoon, you know, she has the Oscar to you know to prove it, and you know some bigger roles she's had. So absolutely, uh, I will say uh, I will always enjoy Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne in uh, both Scooby Doo movies. You know what? I haven't really seen those. Like oh, I just seen bits and pieces. I, I hear good things, but I just haven't got to them. The first one is definitely far superior than the second film. 
Um, right. But but the first one, the first one is so much fun. Uh, I mean, you know, you know the cast of of, of who plays who, and it's yes. so funny because uh, Linda Clarentini or whatever. Carlini's wife. Hawkeye's wife. Yeah. Um, I always I like she's always she's just Velma like <laughs> like I saw her in Grandma's Boy and I'm like what is Velma doing here? <laughs> yeah. um, but it's got a great cast. Matthew Lillard fucking kills it as Shaggy. Like Freddie Prince, like it's amazing. It's a husband wife team. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Sarah Michelle Geller as That's Freddie, right, yeah. as Fred and Daphne, um, and they do great. The, the the it's a silly, goofy, animated CGI Scooby Doo. Uh, but Rowan Atkinson is in the first movie. Oh no, um, sure, I didn't know that. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got he's got a a bit. He's a, he's a side character, but Rowan they go to an island, and Rowan Atkinson is the man that is, is the man that or Rowan Atkinson is the man that owns the island. It's, they go to like a a, fan, a fantasy island type <laughs> place, and pleasure island, some shit like that. Um, no, I I dig it. Alicia Silverstone is in the second movie. Uh, oh wow! So, so you know, bringing back another name with that. I uh, know I I enjoy them. I mean, if your parents happen to own either of those, I'd say definitely. <laughs> I'd, I'd say definitely check out Scooby Doo. Uh, I'll, I'll have to look for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but you yeah you did mention um, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd's amazing, um, and he's one of those actors. I, I've mentioned it before, and and I don't mind mentioning it again because it's so funny. But I didn't know that Paul Rudd was an anchor man until I watched 40 year old virgin. What? It, it was the scene when Paul Rudd is talking to Steve Carell in the, it, it's in the, like the waiting room. Uh, I forget what waiting room they're in, but they're in a waiting room of like Planned Parenthood or, yeah. or a hospital or something like that. And it's yeah. the scene, it's the scene when Paul Rudd is talking to Steve Carell that in my mind's eye, I put the mustache on him and I saw the side hair and I was just like, I was like, oh my God, he's from, that was him in Anchorman? Wait, that was, he's Brian, he's Brian Santana? Like, it blew my mind that, 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 that Paul Rudd was Brian Santana because I, like, IMDB was barely a thing. The, yeah. internet, the internet wasn't nearly as big and, and accessible as it is today. Um, yeah, it's that it's that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin uh, that I realized that Paul Rudd played Brian Santana. I I didn't know Tom Cruise was in Tropic Thunder till after I saw it. Yeah, yes, it's it's the great thing of of, of actors being able to uh, uh, just just fall into a character. Yeah. Um, I will constantly watch Adam's family and forget that Christopher Lloyd is playing Fester. <laughs> like, I just don't see, I don't hear Doc Brown. Like, uh, now, th- those two movies are perfectly cast. That, that, those Adam's family movies, like every, every role was cast perfectly. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I haven't had a chance to see, uh, the new one. They made a new animated feature. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. I was, I was supposed to, but I just wasn't able to. I was really excited. I'm really excited to hear Oscar Isaac as Gomez Adams. Um, Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but for me, I mean, you taught, you, you mentioned Adam's family. Uh, John, John Aston, uh, of course, is, is always a, a classic mm. Gomez Adams. Uh, but Raul Julia really, really fucking brought it. Oh, man. He was, and, he was the best. Yeah, and you, both of those films are great and definitely stand up separate on their own. Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values 
they they brought with the second film a completely new storyline, a completely yes. new element. They they didn't bother really recycling anything from the first film, which is very rare that you find in a comedic sequel that they don't yeah. they don't try and navigate back to the original to bring back the things that you loved from that. Exactly. Did you ever see the third one? Uh, Adam's Family Reunion. Yeah. Where Tim Curry played Gomez Adams and Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah was producer, yeah. No, I never saw that one. Me neither. Like, I, I, I have yet <laughs> to find anyone who has. I'm like, oh, I was forgetting, like, oh, yeah, they did make a direct a fucking video one, but yeah, I don't know anyone that ever saw it. Yeah, 100% direct to the video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, but with that, I mean, uh, Paul, Paul Rudd, I, I, I have to mention just because it's the first movie that I will always remember him from. Uh, that I didn't find out two years later. That's Clueless. Yeah, where he plays Josh, the step yeah. uh, the, the the step brother, step brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. ex step brother, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but he's great. He's great in that. And going back on that, you really see the the classic comedy roots of of what's going to be coming from the Apatow films, uh, and and how he is definitely one of the shining stars in Endgame. Yeah, like. At first, like, wait, you're gonna cast like Paul Rudd in the Ant Man? Like, you're gonna make Paul Rudd all buff and stuff? Like, what? Like, and sure enough, he he pulls it off, but in in his own way. Like, he's not like you can accuse Marvel movies of being cookie cutter, and they are to an extent. But uh, Paul Rudd just brings something different to the table as opposed to all the other superheroes. Sure. Yeah. Him as Scott Lang. Uh, it's another one of those like picture perfect. Like, I don't know who else they really they really could have gotten. Uh, yeah. and, and he's definitely one of the shining. I love that in infinity wars, they're essentially like where Hawkeye, where Scott, and they're just most like, Oh, they're on lockdown. Like they're yeah. home or they're home arrest. They can't, they can't be here. Um, it's, and then, uh, then they were two pivotal parts of Endgame, which is so ironic. Yeah. And, and, and I love the way, I love the way that was played. Uh, you know, the Russos had a vision. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. basically the entire time. So, uh, and I love it. And I love just the, once again, it's the small little Easter eggs uh, that go into it. Uh, the Russos bringing in two former community stars, uh, Ken Jong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and Nicole Brown. Yeah. Um, uh, that was great, but it's the little things I want to say when Scott gets out of the multiverse or when he gets out of, of wherever the, the quantum, realm. Qu- quantum realm. Thank you. Uh, it's either it's like the locker number that they're in is basically like the universe number in the multiverse of what. I oh, think is it? Yeah, it's dude. There's so many fun little things <laughs> that they throw in there, and I just I know that because I, t- I I'm a big fucking Uber geek, and I watch videos on YouTube of, of oh. Easter eggs and things you might have missed. Like there's so many things that that I love, uh, like like how Howard the Duck is in the final battle in in Endgame. He's like visibly on the screen. Yeah, I, I was trying to convince uh, a friend of mine of that, but she didn't believe me. I'm like, and I'm trying to find YouTube videos, but none of them are like good quality. I'm like, we'll have to watch the movie together. I have to point it out to you on a yeah, big screen TV because you won't really see it. But it's 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 the fun little things that they they go ahead and throw in. Uh, the one gripe uh, I always have with Marvel is their mid their mid credit scene and their post credit scene. I think should always be swapped because they always give us the serious one in the middle <laughs> and then a laugher at the end. Like, yeah. Like for Ant-Man and Wasp, like the middle scene is them getting, is them getting dusted and Scott getting trapped in the quantum realm. 
And yeah. then the, then the post credit <laughs> scene is the ants in the, the ants, post yeah. world playing the drums. And I'm like, how do you, how do you not end with them getting snapped? Like, I understand why you did it, but like, you should have fuck it. You end with them being snapped. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I, I complain about too much. Uh, the, <laughs> The only the only other gripes I ever have with the Marvel universe, uh, which contradicts one of the last movies they made to the first Marvel movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which takes place in Captain Marvel, in which Sam Jackson is playing Nick Fury and he uh, meets Agent Coulson, and they basically say we work for Shield. And oh then, yeah, yeah. And then twenty years later. In they're still trying to figure out the name. <laughs> in, I, yeah, in Iron Man, they're still trying to figure out the name. And I'm just like, you, you had it. You had it apparently figured out in the 1990s. You, yeah, I, I hate that shit, but, you know, it it just shows that it's not airtight and, you know, little mistakes like that can still seep through, but, yeah. But, yeah, uh, but we we will continue on because, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm having fun with the side conversations that we're having. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and what I always say is if the listener is enjoying it, they're listening. And if not, they fast forward through it like I do with podcasts <laughs> where I'm not interested in what they're talking about. Um, we do come to uh, favorite genre, though. Uh, I, I think for years it was instinctively action flicks. Okay. But... It's like I said earlier. Like it, it's hard now to come to come by good horror movies and good comedies. So when it does happen, it just it makes you appreciate that genre that much more. Sure. Because I mean, you know, action movies—they're almost a dime a dozen these days. Between you know all the comic book movies and the Fast and the Furious franchise, which is garbage. And you know, it's you know, action movies come and go. Hey man, Hobbs and Shaw was entertaining. It was I can't super, say it wasn't. It, it was a superhero movie. Like Idris Elba <laughs> himself says, "I'm a black Superman." I saw like, a tweet. I thought a tweet someone posted after the uh, the Fast and Furious Nine. Is it nine? Is the next one that's going to be out? Yeah, I think so. Um, after the trailer came out, someone posted a tweet saying they just had Fast and the Furious fight the Avengers now. That's how far things have gotten. <laughs> right? Well, the funny thing is, so so in the new trailer, they've announced that John Cena is coming in as yeah. as as Vin Diesel's brother. Yeah. So we know that either by Fast and the Furious 10 or Fast and the Furious 11, that John Cena is not going to be a bad guy, and he's going to yeah. be working with his brother. Like yeah. he's the new he's the new Brian. When you yeah. really look at it, like they're just <laughs> John Cena is the new Brian, um, which I don't I don't mind. I don't think John Cena is a bad actor. I mean, oh no, not at all. He's he's he's, he's, he's making it away. He's entertaining as shit. I fucking loved him in Bumblebee. Oh, dude, he was great in Bumblebee. Bumblebee was a great fucking movie. Bumblebee, Bumblebee was super fun, uh, especially uh, walking into it thinking that it was kind of a separate origin film, not knowing that it legitimately leads into the original, yeah. like the first Bay Bay, yeah. Michael Bay Transformers. Yeah, it's like watching Jeepers Creepers three. Have you seen? Uh, do you do you know the Jeepers Creepers movies? This is oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so so you've seen all three of them. Mm-hmm. Did you see that twist coming at the end of three? No, no, it was so well done. Like it was so, yeah, so crazy. I had a friend post the other day 
uh, that like every, you know, 20, like, because the original film was done in, you know, 1997. So we're coming up on the 23-year mark of that. Oh, like, yeah. They're like every 23 <laughs> years. And I wanted to reply to them and be like, uh, did you not see the sequel that, that, <laughs> that took place, you know, 27 years after that? I love that fucking character and the concept of him. Like, I'm like, man, there's so much you can do with that fucking character. Oh, the creeper himself. Fuck yeah. yeah. And it, well, it's that, so that, that movie is a movie uh, that my wife saw a part of or the whole thing at too young of an age. Um, mm. And she refuses to watch it. <laughs> Even now she's, she is 30 years old and still refuses to watch Jeepers Creepers. But we are currently watching because um, we, we started it last night, and then when she woke up this morning, we started it again, and then we paused it uh, for, for this. So don't feel bad, because we do this all the time with movies. Uh, but we have about 30 minutes left on The Conjuring, which we are watching for the first time. Oh. So we're getting into that, that whole series, because this is, this is the second film that I have seen in The Conjuring series. The first movie I saw in The Conjuring series was Annabelle 3. Okay, Annabelle three wasn't bad. I I like Annabelle two the best okay. out of the three. I can't remember the name of it, but um, yeah, Annabelle three wasn't bad. But yeah, Annabelle two is or Creation, I think it's called. Uh, I think that is. I loved what drew me into three uh, only because, as I stated, uh, Annabelle three is the first film that I've seen in the Conjuring series. So of like the six movies they've made, it was the first one I went to go see. Because uh, I loved the concept that they basically touch a bunch of stuff in the basement, and it's oh, yeah. all like, and it, 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 I'm just like, I'm just like, fuck, that's my kind of movie. Like, like, yeah, I love, I love it. And what's even creepier is I saw it in the theater. I was the only one in the theater. Oh, I was the only one in the theater. So when I go to the movies, this is a sidebar, and then we'll get back to back to back to the main bit. When I go to the movies, I like the theater to be completely dark because I know there the, that there is the ability to turn the lights on the ceiling completely off. I know this because I have worked at four different movie theaters, and you cannot <laughs> tell me you cannot tell me otherwise. You cannot tell me that four separate movie theaters have the ability to go completely dark on the ceiling, and your theater does not. Yeah, I will I, tell. I, I'll, I'll yeah. tell them that. I'll be like, you are lying to me. So I, really I thought. Go ahead. No, go. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I went to go see Annabelle and the the lights were slightly dimmed and the movie had already started. And I went out and I said, Hey, can you, can you please like, can, can we get the lights completely out? I'm like, I'm the only one in there. If the lights are on the, (laughs) if the light, if the lights are on on the stairs are on, I don't care. Can I get the lights in the ceiling completely out? So what they end up doing is it's the scene. So you've seen Annabelle three, right? Yes. So it's the scene right at the beginning when they're, when they're parked by the the, uh, cemetery Mm-hmm. and it's it's the scene right when the truck is about to come. Right as this is happening, they turn all the lights completely on in the theater. <laughs> right right as the truck, dude, right as the truck is blinding uh, Ed Burns or, or whoever, yeah. right as, the, right as the, the truck is literally blinding the screen, they turn on all the lights in the theater, and then black it completely out. That's nuts. Like it was just it was pure coincidental timing, but it's it's it scared the shit out of me. 
I'm going to have to try that because, well, the reason I, I'm able to see movies so many times is uh, a friend of mine, he's a manager at a, one of my local theaters here in Redland. Hey. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't pay. <laughs> it's it's definitely a benefit. What what were you going to say when I was talking about, about uh, Annabelle 3? Um, shoot. Oh, um, it was a story of when, um, which is kind of staying on the horror genre, um, The Ring. No, not The Ring. Um, the Grudge? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Same difference. Um, I saw that in the theater late. You know, it had already been out like a month or so. I went with my girlfriend at the time, and we were the only people in the theater. And it made it that much scarier. Like, oh, like It really is. Like, I like, you know, especially when it comes to horror in, in all things Halloween, I, I allow myself to be scared. I, I hate when people go in, you know, with a tough wannabe exterior and, like, well, let themselves be scared. Like, oh, that shit wasn't scary. That, that doesn't scare me at all. Like... Well, you're ruining the fun for it sure. then by doing that. Like, you got to let yourself, like, you want to go to, like, not scary farm shit like that. Like, I will let myself be scared and scream and fucking, you know, all that stuff. That's the only way to have fun with it. And the same thing with horror movies. Like, yeah, I'm going to let this shit scare me. Like, turn the lights off or turn them on, whatever. And yeah, like, let's do it. But when a, when a horror movie isn't scary at all, like, that's like, yeah, damn, that's a bummer, but... But when it's done right, like, okay, that is good. That's well done. Like, Conjuring 1, that's, that's my favorite of the bunch. That one, I remember I was sweating in the theater watching that thing. So so it's super funny. Uh, I, I listened to uh, a podcast called Beyond the Darkness uh, mm-hmm. that had interviewed Lorraine Warren. In the, in the five years I've been listening to the show, they'd, oh, interviewed, wow. they'd interviewed Lorraine Warren, you know, two or three times. Um and I've, I've heard them talk about the parent house before. And it's crazy because they don't actually tell you that it's the, I want to say it's parent. It's either parent or parish. Uh, I want to say it's parent. They don't tell you that it's that family until Lorraine and Ed come in to interview them. So I'm, oh. watching, I'm watching The Conjuring, knowing fully well everything that, that, that has happened in that house from the interviews that I have heard to an hour, in, an hour, you know, an hour, 20 minutes into the film, I realize it's that family, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, they never solved this. Dang. I haven't, I haven't told my wife yet. Like, <laughs> that, that, that house is still haunted today. Oof. And I know, it's, I know that because they still talk about it, like, on that podcast. Like, after, after the parents left, the, the people that moved in would talk about things that happened, and then they, they, they redacted all of their statements. I said, nope, nothing ever happened in the house. We don't want to talk about it. Please don't bother us. And then they sold the house. And then the new people came in. And I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong on this. But I want to say they just recently did uh, or they're going to do like a virtual tour where you can watch. I mean, you have to buy a ticket to it. But I, yeah, I want to say it's, it's that household that they're going to be doing or they did like a full virtual tour during the, during the quarantine. But that house, as far as I know, that house is still haunted. Like, shit still happens there. Like, they didn't solve. Wow. Like, like there's a lot of stuff. Like, you like you can look into it. Like, if you look up Beyond the Darkness, Lorraine Warren, um, if you're into that kind of stuff, if you like, like, the backstory, like, you want to hear what really happened, like, yeah. Lorraine, Lorraine Warren has legit been picked up and thrown across a room. Like, mm-hmm. 
Like, it's crazy, like, the shit that they talk about. But it's Beyond the Darkness, I want to say, on their website. They have a full backlog. Um, but you can listen to the interviews they did with Lorraine Warren. Uh, and I want to say they had an interview with her, you know, within the last year of her being alive, because I want to say she just passed away within the last, like, two years. Yeah, yeah, just in, like, the last year and a half or so. Yeah, yeah, and they had an interview with her with, I think, within within the last, like, six months to a year of her being alive, they had an interview with her. So, Ooh. but, yeah, now, we're, we're, we got, like, the last half hour of the first Conjuring that we're watching right now, so. Yeah, one's great. Two's good, too. Two is solid. Um, looking forward to three, because I, I, I learned what the material is going to be for The Conjuring 3, and that one should be fucking scary, too. Isn't, isn't it werewolves? No, I don't think so. Okay. Don't tell me, because I thought I'd heard something. I thought I'd heard they were they were they were teasing werewolves because they because they teased werewolves in, in, in Annabelle three. Oh <laughs> no! <laughs> but <laughs> no, that's cool. That's good. That's good. But um, no horror horror is always is always amazing. It's always um, it, like you said, you let yourself get scared. Uh, with that, I'm I'm gonna go right into uh, the next question, which is a great one. What is the first movie to give you nightmares? Yeah, it was uh, pretty safe to say it was a nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Um, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> the irony. Uh, that came out in '84, and I think I watched it. I was probably maybe like five or six. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's funny thing. My my parents. They really have any restrictions on far as what I watched. Like they they were against any kind of sexual content, but as far as violence and gore, yeah, there was you know there were no restrictions there at all. So like I watched like all the horrible shit as a kid. Sure. <laughs> you know they didn't have babysitter. Like they didn't leave me behind with anybody. Like they took me to movies, whatever the rating and anything, and I sat there and watched. But um, yeah, Nightmare Elstree got me because I mean fuck, I mean concept alone like okay you go to sleep you have a nightmare you die like oh my god like i wasn't the type to you know not sleep but yeah that definitely uh worried me as it was you know that was definitely uh even the for even the part two which is terrible now watching it but i was like oh my god like i need to hide and not let my eyes see this sure sure you're like nancy just wants to, wanting to constantly drink coffee <laughs> <laughs> but i will say even like even now like a movie will will Spook me to uh, like after I saw Hereditary. Um, sure. Oh Jesus. Sure. Yeah, me and my roommate. We. Uh, I'm not afraid to say I kept the lights on for a couple of days after watching that flick. Right. Yeah. I yeah. also kept from fucking sticking my head out a window. <laughs> that too. <laughs> so yeah, you can imagine two, two grown ass men, you know, professional wrestlers, Mondo Vega and Ryan Taylor, sleeping. <laughs> sleeping with the lights on for about three or four days after seeing hereditary. Sure. Sure. Um, but no, I a nightmare in Elm street, uh, common, common reoccurring. Uh, I'd say that, uh, exorcist and, and poltergeist are probably like the top three answers I get on the show, uh, for yeah. for first movie to give you night for, you know, top movie to give you nightmares. It's uh, funny. I got a funny story real quick to tell about the exorcist. My dad, he, um, he saw the exorcist in the theater when it came out. What year was that, 74? I think so. So he was a teenager, I believe. No, he was, yeah, um, like 17, 18. He went to go see it in theater by himself, and he walked home, and it was night. It was dark, and he was like, 
he told me he was walking under this tunnel and, you know, he started hearing things and it scared the shit out of him. So he, he ran the rest, the rest of the way home. Your, your dad did much better than my friend's dad. My friend's dad loved to tell the story about how he went to go see Alien by himself oh. when, he, when he was a young lad and had to walk home. Uh, but he ran the entire way. At no point did he walk. He said from the moment he left the theater to the moment he got home, he ran. Uh, so your father is much braver than my friend's dad. Um, I went I went and saw um, Paranormal Activity uh, in the theater when it first came out. And I saw it in a theater with about four other people. And then I had to walk home about a mile, a mile and a half. And it was... Ooh. It, it was a creepy, it's a creepy walk, man. It's a creepy walk. But I don't know if I could have done Exorcist as, as a teenager and then, and then walked home. Because, like, paranormal activity is, like, cheesy as fuck. Uh, but it does have its scare jumps. Whereas the Exorcist is, is just, like, terrifying for, for a young age. No, thank you. I, I'm glad you mentioned paranormal activity. Because, yeah, that movie, when I saw it in the theater, I saw it with my roommates, different roommates at the time. And we came home and yeah, no one wanted to go to bed. Like we all kind of like just crashed out in our living room for the next few days. Cause you know, like a couple of my roommates, she was really scared and didn't want to go to sleep alone. So yeah, that, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. it got cheesier as it went along, but that first one, yeah, that, that first one that, that got us. So it's that for, for me, it's that first one, that second one, because the second one has the one after they install the security cams, when she's standing in the middle of the kitchen and then everything, all the cabinets yeah. and everything burst yeah. open. Um, but they've actually just announced that they're going to be making another paranormal activity film. No shit. No shit. Yeah. That'd there, be there, like five or six. I, I kind of lost count on that. Uh, I want to say it's either six or seven because there oh, were, Lord. there were the first three, which were all within the series. And then yeah. they then they had the the Latino spinoff. I was the, the fourth with the Mexicans. <laughs> yeah, and then I want to say they might have done another one. Nothing. Yeah, they want to do another one. So I think they've done five. So I think this will be the sixth one. Wow. But no, yeah, man, those first two. And the mere fact for for me, it was really fucking creepy because uh, I don't know if you know Southern California well. Uh, Paranormal Activity, although I did know, in fact, it was a, a, a Hollywood manufactured film, took place in La Costa, California. I lived in Encinitas, California. La Costa is like a, <laughs> is like a fucking 10-minute drive. Yeah, and, wow. Like, yeah, it was, it. oh, my God. Anything that takes place. I lived in San Diego. I lived in, in, in Encinitas when Heaven's Gate happened. And Heaven's, oh, Gate, Heaven's Gate happened shit. in La Costa. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I I literally I I lived a 15 minute drive from where Heaven's Gate you know happened. Uh, note to self: Don't live near you. <laughs> no, luckily, luckily nothing has you know happened much since I moved to my new house uh, here about three months ago. I mean, Oof. oops. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's be real though. The world hasn't been right since Tony Stark died. Um, That's right. <laughs> Uh, but but with that, uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, of course, is a, is a classic. I mean, so many so many good uh, horror films, uh, and even cheesy ones that leave lasting impressions. Uh, I remember being an impressionable teenage because I, you, you know, we're in, in wrestling, and wrestlers themselves have an overactive imagination. I'd like to say, yeah. Uh, so as cheesy as it was, like the film Anaconda, fucking creeped me out. <laughs> like that, that snake was, was not, was like, like made a lasting impression. Like I lived 
uh, on the second story of, a, of a, 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 an apartment complex that had this big open balcony area. And I mm-hmm. just, for some reason, envisioned that snake fucking coming down from the third story and fucking picking <laughs> me up and wrapping me out. Uh, yeah. Like, I just saw a sleepaway camp, like, ten years ago. <laughs> that, one and, just, uh, that one just makes you question your sexuality. And, you know, like, you know, again, was, Ryan Taylor told me about it. He's like, yeah, this movie's fucking terrible. It's 80s cheese schlock all the way. But the ending, I'm like, okay, whatever, man. Like, yeah, we sat and watched it, and sure enough, yeah, just 80s cheesy schlock. But then that ending, oh. <laughs> right? That and ending. Then, and then for some reason, they made, like, two or three sequels. Yeah, you can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> you, no, you can't. You can't follow that at all. Um, but with that, I mean, not that this is a nice segue into that talking and mentioning Sleepaway Camp, uh, but who were some of your childhood crushes? Ah, um, I think it was like all the 80s, you know, late 80s into the 90s. I got your four right here. You you, you put C.B. Cates, which is a great one. I mean, who doesn't love Gremlins or Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. You got Jennifer Connelly, which I can, which I can only naturally stems from Labyrinth. Well, (laughs) that kind of comes a little later. Like, you look at career opportunities in the Rocketeer. Those, you know, oh, a little okay. later. Sure, sure. Rocketeer. Rocketeer is one of those really underappreciated uh, late 80s, early 90s Disney flicks. Uh, it, it, I think it was a theatrical bomb, uh, but it, it had great effects to it for the time. Uh, yeah. And it, it's got a solid story with a solid cast. Well, except for the Rocketeer, nothing happened with him afterwards. Well, nothing happened with him. But no, I'm, saying, <laughs> I'm saying the other actors that are in it. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember them. I know for a fact that, that the guy that ran the, the shop that helped with the suit, uh, I know he's a character actor that's in a bunch of stuff, as well as the villain uh, with, yeah. the paper, with the paper-thin mustache. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. Sure. Oh, oh was, was that fucking Timothy Dalton? Yeah, dude. Oh, I, then I'm... Fuck, who am I thinking? I'm, I, might, <laughs> I must be... I'm thinking of a different actor, but either way, yeah, Timothy fucking Timothy Dalton. But the, the guy that, that runs the shop that helps him with the suit is definitely a character actor that's been in a lot. Uh, you also put Mia Sarah, which is a, a great answer. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and mm-hmm. uh, I want to say Jean Claude Van Damme's uh, classic hit, Time Cop. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, she plays she plays the wife. Uh, yeah, and, and she's then, in Legend too. Yeah, and she is in Legend with Mr. Uh, Tom Cruise. Formerly mentioned Tom Cruise. Uh, and then I'm just gonna outright say that this stems from the movie Scream. Miss Rose McGowan. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like fourteen, fifteen when that came out, so yeah, that uh, that registered greatly with me. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, Scream is where my uh, my my crush of Nev Campbell came. Uh, mm, oh. Of course, of course. The only reason I went to go see Scream is because it had my original crush. I had so many so many crushes stem from that. Uh, my original <laughs> crush, uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, oh yeah. Drew Barrymore has hands down always been. Uh, I've had a crush on Drew Barrymore for as long as I can remember. Uh, and she, she was super hot in the in the early to mid nineties. Hell yeah! And she is my uh, my one hall pass with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I picked a hall pass that I, I made sure would never actually happen. So, <laughs> but but she has been it has been my 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 longest crush. Wow, it's funny. Like every time I I didn't see Scream in the theater, um, but. When it came out to video, and not even video, when it came out to pay per view, 
um, I had a not very legal black box at the time, so I was sure. able to get all the pay-per-view movies for free. <clears throat> nice. And then they started showing screen. I'm like, fuck yeah. And like, probably the, I'd say like the first four or five times I watched Scream, every time it started during Drew Barrymore, Drew Barrymore scene, my phone would ring. <laughs> Never fucking failed, and I shit myself every fucking time. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Now, mind you, this is, you know, before cell phones or anything, so you, when the phone rang in the house, you had to answer that shit. Sure. Because, you know, it was something important. And sure. it, it just, oh, dude, I, I, I think the first couple times I answered it, but then after that, after like the third or fourth time, like, no, I'm not, fuck you, fuck you, movie. I'm not going to deal with your shit. Absolutely. Bullshit. Uh, not not that this has anything to do with anything, but you mentioned to like before cell phones, uh, when you had the landline and you had to carry it with you, uh, this is giving far too much information, but I always think it's super funny. Uh, I, if I were home alone, I would always carry the, cause we had a wireless cause this mm. was, you know, right when wireless was a big thing, I would always carry the wireless into the bathroom with me for number twosies. <laughs> As you do. But because, because you know, who knows what's going to happen in the house while you're alone as yeah. a, a as a preteen teenager. Uh, but on the other hand, with that, if the phone rang and I was doing number twosies, I guaranteed I was answering the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, yep. and, and it would be family members and things would be happening, and I, and at some point, like they'd realize or they'd figure out, and they'd be like, "Are you, are you on the toilet?" I'd be like, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the phone. I took the phone with me into the bathroom. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anyone. I just see made you laugh though, which is, which is the whole point of. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the people at home listening are laughing. Fucking <laughs> just, just preteen Steve dropping a deuce on the phone, talking with his buddy. <laughs> For those of you that listen to the show, guaranteed talk to Nikki, my my brother. I call him my brother. He's my best friend in the whole wide world. I've known him since I was since I was nine years old. He's my longest friend. Oh man! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They say they say that if you're friends with anyone for more than ten years, it's a friend for life. Uh, so he definitely falls under that. Yeah, I got quite a few of those. Like I think <laughs> everyone I think... in the wrestling community. No, actually, I'm one of the few that has friends outside of the wrestling community. Oh. Well, I'm saying I see. Yes, I have. <laughs> I have several. I have several friends that, you know, that I've been friends with for more than 10 years out of the wrestling community. But, you know, that, that circle, like no one, the only, I, I hate to say it, but the only way you ever really leave the wrestling circle is, is you pass on. Like, Oh yeah, in, for sure. Because even when you're gone, like you're not gone, you come back, you visit, you're there, you know them, you talk to them, like you're still friends with them. Like, the wrestling, the wrestling world definitely has a great way of of, of bringing together. I mean, that, it definitely is a brotherhood uh, and a family more than it is a business for some. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. Outside of that, I do have several friends. Yes, that I've had longer, longer than ten years, uh, and for the most part, I've had them on the show. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have friends that we've known each other longer than some of our other friends have been alive. So, <laughs> jeez. Yeah, that's, that's it's a, it's a wild thought. Like. My, 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 I guess you could say my number one, we, we met in 87 when my current roommate Ryan Taylor was six months old. So it, it's just <laughs> fucking baffling. 
to think of that shit. So. Oh, don't tell me that Ryan is that much younger than me and, and that much more in shape than I'll ever fucking be. <laughs> well, I mean, you're not the only one, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I know no matter how much I put my mind to it and no matter how much I want to work out, I'll never look as good as Ryan Taylor. How do you think I feel? I live with the guy. I got to see it every day. <laughs> every day. Every damn day. And I, I've, um, I've literally been, like, ever since the world stopped, I've been working out every day. Like, I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been in. But, no, you know, see him walking around every day. Like, yeah, it, it humbles you right quick. And that's the thing. That's the thing is no matter how much you work out, he's always working out probably just as much, if not more. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> But that's um, – uh, I'm not even going to lie. I forgot. Oh, we were talking about Rose McGowan and Scream and Crushes yeah, and, crushes, and all yeah. of that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, moving along, though, because uh, uh, – moving along, sure. Um, <laughs> a movie that you can watch once and you never have to watch again. Uh, as I said, um, the one that immediately comes to mind because it's the most recent is Midsummer. But it's not for the reason you would think. It's not because it's a bad movie at all. It's fantastic. It's you know you go we go back to favorite directors Ari Aster. You know he's two for two right now. Sure. And uh, but watching that movie was so unsettling and just the imagery involved in it, like ugh, like it was the same thing with Hereditary. Like I don't want to watch that movie again because it scares me, but I need to because it's such a well-made movie. And that's where I'm at with Midsummer. Like I, I saw it the one time when it came out last year. I bought the Blu-ray because I still buy Blu-rays, <laughs> and um, I haven't watched it because I'm like, man, it's just so hard to watch. Like sure. I don't want to, you know, view that imagery again. Absolutely, uh, and and that's that's. I mean, in reality, the, the that's more of the answer I always want to get uh, for this question. I have had people. Uh, that have said movies uh, like uh, uh, what the fuck was it? The Animal with Rob Schneider. Uh, <laughs> I, I had another guest, uh, as silly as it is, I had another guest say uh, The Sixth Sense. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, but for me, uh, Hereditary, Midsommar are great choices. I always say uh, my top two are always American History X and There Will Be Blood. Ooh. Like I'm I'm looking for those more serious, impactful films. Um, and I've had some people be like, Oh, I could watch American History X more than once and I, 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 I wanna look at them and be like, When was the last time you had a head scan? Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I can say I have. I, I in fact I just watched parts of it the other day. I didn't watch it all the I haven't watched it all the way through in a while. But um I can definitely understand when, for you to say that as far as, you know, not wanting to watch that again. Because, yeah, that, there's some brutal, brutal stuff in that movie. Sure. And that and that might also just go along with the fact that I watched it at, uh, I guess you could say, a younger, more impressionable age. I watched it in my uh, in my 20s. Yeah. I mean, if I had watched it, in my, it, it probably would have been a completely different viewing if I would watched it in my teens compared to my 20s. Uh, another film I'll always bring up, uh, I've only watched it once. I watched it once when I was 23. I think I watched it too young, and I think I should have waited longer, and that was seven. Oh, yeah. That that film fucked with my head. I really wish I could have seen that in the theater when it came out, because I can imagine, like, I think I watched it when it came out on a home video, 
And um, I think I already kind of had it spoiled for me. Like the same thing with The Sixth Sense. Like I didn't see The Sixth Sense till like a year after it came out. And, you know, all the parodies had already come out and, you know, all the jokes had already been made. And, uh, you know, it kind of spoiled it for me. And kind of the same thing with Seven. Like, you know, people would describe, you know, all the things that you see in that movie. So it kind of watered it down a bit. Like, I really wish I could have seen that, you know, spoiler-free as it were, because I can imagine watching that thing sight unseen for the first time. Uh, I can say I, I pretty much went my whole life uh, being spoiler-free. I might have known about the head in the box, um, <laughs> but I did not know anything of any of the scenes. Like, once again, I saw that at 23, and I think for me, that was too young. Like, that Probably, is... That is a, a, an impactful film. Uh, but Midsommar uh, is, is a great one. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to lie. I've basically had that one spoiled for me. So oh. I, I, it's, well, you listen to enough movie-based podcasts. Uh, there, there are a bunch of things that, that if I hear people starting to talk about, I will fast forward, like as, yeah. silly, as, as silly as it is. And you'll, you should appreciate this one. I was listening to a podcast that started talking about uh, Galaxy's Edge. And just oh. started, started talking about the land, and they were talking <laughs> a, a little bit about the uh, uh, Millennium Falcon ride. Yeah, and, and I just and I just started. I was like, no, and I was like, dude, you're this is this is a fucking spoiler. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to hear anything about the park. I don't want to hear anything about that. Um, uh, with that being said, and this is completely nothing to nothing. Have you ridden? Uh, what is it? Rise of the Resistance yet? I was about to say, like, I'm bummed. I have not yet, but, you know, right now I don't have to worry about it because no one else is riding it either, so. Right. Yeah, that's the thing you got to worry about is, is, is when they reopen the park, they're allegedly going to start opening at, like, 50% capacity. <clears throat> so this is going to be, like, a having to get there even earlier. I will say, I don't, I, don't, I don't say this to rub it in, I will say I have ridden Rise of the Resistance, uh, it is. It is not a ride. I'm sure you've heard this. It is not a ride. It is an experience. Um, That's what I've heard. It is. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Having, and that's the thing is is having to get there early, and it's not even having to get there early because I've had people that have gone there that have walked in two minutes before the park opens that got boarding passes. Jeez. But, but when you live in Riverside and you have to go to Anaheim on a Wednesday, you know, tra and the park opens at 8 a.m., traffic starts at 6. Mm -hmm. so you have, you, I, I've legit gotten up at 4 in the morning to go to, the, like, when we were lucky enough to get on there. Because there were days, there was a time that we went there. We got boarding group 103. They got to group boarding uh, group 99 at like nine o'clock that night and went no more boarding passes. Oh my God. And, and we got there, we got there at like seven in the morning. We were there till like nine o'clock that night. And I was awake the whole time and I drove. It was balls. Oh, balls. Um, but uh, no, the ride is, when, once you get the chance, the ride, the ride is such a, an amazing experience. And uh, uh, I hope, I hope that they come up with a way to do a fast pass uh, and I hope that they start doing more rides like this. Uh, the one thing I would like to see from a Star Wars land is a ride where you can choose your side, where you can choose either the Rebels or the Empire. Oh, that'd be great. That'd I'd be, be great. every time I'd be like, Empire, please, please. I don't <laughs> even I don't even want to deal with those Rebel scum. 
I'm sure um, that'll be coming. Which is ridiculous since I do have the Rebel Alliance emblem tattooed on me. Uh, but what, in, what, have, what have you stolen from there? Uh, nothing, nothing. Oh, come on now. I, I stole uh, the menu from the cantina, some of the uh, <laughs> silverware and the coasters. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, the, coasters, the coasters in the cantina are super cool. Um, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, there are a couple things that I'd like to try and get from the actual ride itself. Um, just because they seem like they're possibly kind of gettable. Um, I have a friend that has, uh, I don't know how the fuck they got it, but they have, uh, like, uh, an apple from Snow White. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I, yeah, I don't really talk to them anymore, but at one point I had a friend that had the apple from Snow White. But yeah, Star Wars Land is amazing. I love everything that they're doing with it. And, and I can only hope that they do more with the lands that they have because there's, so this is, this, this is just going into people that have only been to Star Wars Land. There's that one building in the center that has like the three speed racers. And it's just, oh, a, right, big, yeah. and it's just a big building that right next to it is, it's, it's right next to like Rise where they have the, the X-Wing out where Chewie and, and Ray come out. But that's yeah. a big building area in the center that they they've got it. They're like there's got it. They got to do something. Like they're they're you know you can't have this land and only have two rides. I'm just I'm just wondering how crowds are going to be when they uh, finish the uh, Marvel side of things. Oh, it's that's the other thing you have to look at is once once Marvel uh, uh, once Avengers Academy. Uh, or whatever you want to call it, is open. Yeah, is there going to be a dip in Star Wars land, or is it just going to be an equal disbursement? <laughs> yeah, just just double the amount of people than normal. <laughs> yeah. Or triple. Uh, much. But with that, with that, we will get back on track uh, to the show as we are uh, coming up uh, to essentially uh, the last question of the show, uh, which is uh, listener recommendation. Ah, uh, gosh. Um, I, I, it's not, something I love more than anything is showing someone a movie that I love for the first time. Sure. As one of my fucking joys. Um, I think right away I said uh, Cabin in the Woods. You did. That's, again, like I said, like I, I've, I've, I've known people not very well, just come in and be like coworkers and stuff. But they're like, yeah, I didn't get that movie. I didn't understand it. That movie was dumb. Like, you're dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are dumb. That movie's fucking amazing. Like, do you not understand what they were getting at? Like, you no, know, it wasn't going to be a conventional horror movie. That's what they... The whole fucking point. How do you not get that? They were making fun of the fact that... Oh, God damn. <laughs> sure. Um, with, with that, uh, I'll add in really quick, uh, and we can talk about it a little bit more. Um, I feel they had a really, a really great opportunity with this film to go with what I like to call the clue effect. Um, whereas <laughs> in, I don't know if you know this, but you know, when you watch clue on TV or on VHS or on DVD, it, it says, you know, they give you the ending and they go, or it could have gone this way or right. it could have gone, gone this way. Yeah. When they released it in the theater, that's not how it was released. It not was only... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was only released with one of those endings, but all three endings were released. Yeah. They they could have 100% done this with this movie from the moment they entered the basement. You you have it to where they have they have the zombie hillbillies, but then they could have <laughs> they could have legitimately because the shots on that are so small and short that that 
if I had been there, I would have been like, do two alternatives. And then you release all three. They yeah. Have, that, like, that, that movie was an underground hit. Like, that movie came out of nowhere. I love the fact that I was able to see it in the theater. Oh, lucky. And it's Chris Hemsworth before he really fucking blew up. Yeah. You know, because this was between, like, Thor and Thor Dark World. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it's it's amazing. I love – there's so many things I love about that movie. Sigourney Weaver is a great little addition. Uh, I love uh, the guy, the, the, the stoner that shows up, and they're like, you can't carry a bong with you. <laughs> And he just folds it down into a coffee cup, yeah, and he's like, yeah. what bong? I, I didn't go in with any expectations. I, I hadn't heard. Like, it kind of fell under the radar, and um, I went to go see it um, with this gal I was seeing at the time, and it just blew me away. I'm like, And I called all my other friends immediately, like, hey, we need to see this shit, because this shit is really good after all. Yeah, it's, it, it came out of nowhere. And, yeah, walking, it's one of the best movies that you can walk into blind. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, so, and, and the cast, the cast alone, you got, you got him, you got Bradley Whitford, uh, you got the other guy that's with Bradley Whitford. Oh, they're so think good. Of. Yeah. Those two guys are, are fucking great. Especially Brad, Bradley Whitford. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Cabin, uh, being killed <laughs> by the fucking merman. Merman. <laughs> <laughs> that okay. reveal is the best. Like when, when he was laid out and he's, you know, looking through the mist and everything, it's like, he's like, don't tell me you're going to bring out the fucking merman to kill him. Sure enough. Like, ah, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, and, but, but like I said, they could have totally gone clue with it. Cause they gave us enough. They gave us fucking 50 killers. Yeah. You could have, you could have done one with the hillbilly zombies. You could have done one with the fucking, uh, uh, munch face ballerina. You like, I think I would have loved that. I would have gone to the movies multiple times just yeah. to, ep- but I would have been bugging the theater. I would have been like, what ending is this? Like, I've already, <laughs> I've already seen the zombie hillbillies three times. Yep. Tell me it's not the zombie hillbillies. I'll buy a ticket to this movie. Like, like where's the sexy vampires? Because that was one of the names on the list. Yeah, I, dude, I love when it, when it first came out on DVD, being able to pause it. Yes. And, be, and just being able to look at all the different names on the list. <laughs> like, I think one of them is just Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me fucking Kevin. Yeah. Like, I love, no, I love Cabin in the Woods. Um, I That's a film that I could probably put on every day, no questions asked. Like, yep. so many great elements uh, that, that go through it just with your typical characters uh, and the progression. Like, it's just, it's so good. I love, there's, there's, there's nothing that, you're, you're right, those people that don't get it, uh, they're they're not you know we're not stupid they are. No, yeah, we 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 can't sit with them. Yeah, I, well, no, they can't sit with us. We can't Good sit point. with them. They they can't sit with us. Um, no, cabin in in the woods is is a great uh great recommendation. Uh, do you do you have another one or do you just want to leave it at that? Uh, I was uh, I'm looking at my small collection of movies right in front of me now, like Swingers. That's one of my all time fucking great. Movies they're singing, especially if you're going through heartache. Sure. Oh I'm, fuck yeah. That that'll get you. It 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 got it got me through at the time when it came out. You know, I was going through some female problems that were, and my friends knew it, and like they brought it to my house, made me watch it, and like I felt better. I'm like, oh okay, all right, I get that. So yeah, that that one I recommend always. Your money, baby. Your money, and you don't even know it. <laughs> I love, dude. That's that's oh, that's that's the world's introduction to John Favreau. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great Vince Vaughn, Heather Graham. Yep. Uh, uh, I want to say it's what Cherry Pop and Daddies or uh, yep. one of yeah. Oh, fuck, dude, so so great. And that film is totally quotable. I don't know how many times I've been at a party that's banging, that's kicking, and I look at my friends. I'll be like, man, let's get out of here. This place is dead anyway. <laughs> this, this party place is, is dead anyway. This place is dead anyway. No, and uh, the, the big thing for me, my friend, is that they they play NHL '94 in that game, and that's the game we always play together. Like, oh my god, like they're actually playing the game we play in this movie. Like, fuck yeah. Yeah, so many so many great things about about swingers. Uh, when his when his uh, voicemail box is talking to him. No, oh, uh, that scene. <laughs> there's, there's, dude, there's so many good things, and that is that is such a good uh, a good breakup, get over it. Um, and the only the the thing that always pops in my mind, and I think it's super funny, the one girl uh, in the movie that Favreau gets the number from, and yeah. then he acts like he's gonna tear it, the the brunette. Uh, him and her actually starred in the replacements together with Keanu Reeves as well. No shit. Uh, yeah, Favreau plays uh, the defensive linebacker or the Hello. offensive linebacker, and the uh, brunette chick plays the head cheerleader that actually falls in love with a kid. Oh, I gotta see. It. I haven't seen that one, so yeah, I gotta watch that one now. Oh, <laughs> you, you haven't seen the replacement? No. Okay, so so quick rundown on that because this is yeah. amazing. Uh, NFL team goes on strike. They pull in all the owners pull in scabs, uh, and it's about this one team. Uh, Keanu Reeves plays Shane Falco, retired football player <laughs> that they pull back in. Gene Hackman plays the coach of the team. Hackman. Uh, Hackman. Uh, Jack McBray. Jack McBray. Uh, oh, wow. It, it's, it's the last film that he did. It's the last film that he starred in. Um, uh, Fiaz, Fiaz on Love. Uh, there's dude, there's ah, uh, Orlando Jones is in it. Uh, the brother, uh, the blonde-haired brother from Little Nicky, get in the flask. Get oh my in, God! Get in, get, <laughs> get in the flask. Uh, he's he's in it. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, uh, John Favreau is in it. Uh, it's super, it's super fun one. The replacements came out in two thousand. No, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I know of it, but I just never saw it. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a that's a film. It's it's been talked about mm. a couple times. It's been talked about a couple times. I just did a. A sports, my top ten sports films, and my top ten Keanu Reeves films, and it <laughs> appeared, it appeared on both. Both. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but with that, I mean that that is the show. Normally, I ask what the last movie you saw in the theater was, but you answered that uh, at the beginning with Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> where can people find you online? Uh, what what do you have proverbially uh, going on uh, that that we might know of or anything like that? Yeah, I gotta say it's such a bummer. Like we were supposed to get Black Widow and Wonder Woman this month, and no, like, no. Uh, I'm so excited to see Kristen Wiig as Cheetah. That yeah, that was the interesting take. I'm like, okay, so so we'll see what she can do with it because she's she's capable of a lot, but we'll see if we can, she can play a villainous be interesting um but no um i don't do much social media uh, i got a facebook mondo vega prez and i'm on the twitter at mondo vegaga and that is the best way to reach out to me get a hold of me talk to me about anything about movies sports comic books wrestling you name it um like everyone else we're just kind of like sitting and waiting for the world to start back up you know waiting for there to be wrestling shows again and movies to go to and sports to see and yeah so till then we just gotta wait till uh the world opens up 
opens back up, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I know you post it on your Facebook. Do you do your live commentating on the WWE pay-per-views on your Twitter as well? Uh, yeah, I try to. It, it oh, sucks now because, I mean, you know, whatever you used to post on Twitter used to go directly to your Facebook automatically. But when that stopped, that really kind of gummed up the works. Sure, sure. Because uh, I, I just say that because I will say uh, one of the highlights uh, of watching pay-per-views is usually your live tweeting uh, and your and your comment and your commentary on it because you're usually saying half of the things that I'm thinking anyway, so I'm I'm laughing uh, with it. So that's good. I'm glad that whenever I hear that from people, it makes me glad. Like a couple of my friends are like, "Could you stop posting shit? Like you're flooding my timeline." I'm like, I don't care. Like I'm making like three other people laugh. So fuck you. <laughs> you're dev- as long as you're making people laugh. That's all. That's all that matters. Um, go ahead. I'm trying to think of when the next show would be. Like I I don't. Oh, I don't. I, I don't know how many people. I don't know how many people watch AEW pay per views because I'm. I don't want to pay to see my friends. But um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, cause, I mean, I always do the big ones like Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. Yeah, um, because I know everyone's watching. But you know, I don't know how many people watch Money in the Bank and shit. So, so, so yeah. here's my question to you because Money in the Bank just aired, but now it'll be you know a couple months ago. Uh, what are your thoughts and what is the point of having AJ Styles being buried alive at WrestleMania and then having having him come back less than a month like nothing happened? And then what is the point of throwing Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off of an eight-story building only to have them come back the next night like nothing happened? With, with AJ, I don't know. I mean, I am kind of glad they're still kind of hinting at the undertaker when you know he like he'll watch videos and be scared by pictures of him um i was telling people as far as Rey mysterio and alistair black go i guess the big show just taught them how to fall off the tall buildings and not <laughs> suffer scratch right so um, i was really disappointed with aj because i and people people really like especially wrestling fans they're like you're fucking stupid uh but i think that they could have completely rebranded and repackaged aj and basically just, I'm not saying completely pass the moniker of The Undertaker off, but Undertaker buried him alive. Like, maybe Undertaker wants to leave. AJ is looking for a new angle. Like, yeah. you give it time. And it, 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 I'm not saying you make him The Undertaker, but you could have brought AJ back in a whole new spiritual, you know, mystical way like Undertaker was. He was buried alive. But you haven't come back a month later, like, nothing fucking happened. Yeah, that, that's that's the one redeeming factor about the Fiend's character. Like everyone he's messed with, he's changed. Yeah, yeah, that's they come that. out. They come out a different person. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that that's something that has been missing from wrestling for years. Sure. Like you know, you come out of a few differently than what you went in, and uh, I guess they just don't have the thought process to do that with every feud and angle they have. So. I guess so. Uh, but with that, the last final question here at the last podcast you want, especially during these crazy times, uh, we try and keep a PMA, a positive mental attitude. Uh, do, you, do you have a message of positivity or a, a mantra that you'd like to leave with the listeners as we come to an end? Um, just try to find the silver lining in this time. Like I'm thinking about how much I love the fact that there's no traffic. I love that gas prices are super low again. Um, because, you know, just take the little the little things out of this because, you know, one day we're going to be back to the boring old grind of 
you know, worrying about, you know, where we need to be and what time we need to be there and people to impress, all that stuff. But, you know, now you're just surrounding yourself with your family and your closest friends and, you know, making the most of your time together because there will be a time again soon where the real world's just going to get in the way and, you know, we got to take care of our own business. So, yeah, that's what I'm taking out of it. Like, this, are you asking any of my friends that really know me? Like, this is like the happiest I've ever been. (laughs) (laughs) And there we go. So, uh, Mondo, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, Thank you for having me, Steve. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, definitely we'll have you back on for a good ranking episode. Uh, Oh, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do now? I'm going to make you top 10 list to consider and. I'm going to send you that book that I was telling you about earlier. I'm going to send you a picture of it right now so you can try to find it for yourself. Dude, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to your ideas uh, for future top 10 episodes because I'm always loving those. Uh, But ladies and gentlemen, that has been another episode of the last podcast you'd want. And until next week, tip the veal, try the staff, and I'll see you then. (laughs) Ever wonder how your buddy got those exclusive wrestling superstar action figures? Finn Balor, or even that Ric Flair autograph 8x10 photo that you can't find in stores? Chances are they came from Pro Wrestling Loot, Professional Wrestling's most unique and fan-friendly monthly subscription box. Pro Wrestling Loot customizes a 5-7 to seven item mystery box for wrestling fans that includes exclusive t-shirts, action figures, collectibles, trading cards, pins, autographs, and more that you can't find anywhere else. Today, for all of our last podcast you'd want listeners, we have a deal for you. Just head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and enter the promo code LASTPODCAST to check out to save 20% off your first box with Pro Wrestling Loot. With over 20,000 followers online and presence at some of the biggest conventions in the United States, including WrestleCon and StarCast, Pro Wrestling Loot just isn't a business. With ties to indie, mainstream, lucha libre, American, and European pro wrestling, Pro Wrestling Loot is always sending out the most unique items with you in mind over the last five years. Sign up today at ProWrestlingLoot.com for just $24.99 and start receiving your monthly Pro Wrestling Loot box. Plus, for a limited time, enter code LASTPODCAST and receive 20% off your first box. Pro Wrestling Loot. For the fan in all of us. Thanks for coming to see our show. Sad to tell you we got to go. Grab your hat and head for the door. In case you didn't notice Mary anymore. If you like our show, tell everyone but. If you think it's great, keep your big mouth shut.